Hello, my friends. Justin here. Welcome to episode 54 of the Chocolate Croissants podcast. Our guest today is Adam Yanzi. Adam is an eclectic musician uh, who does these incredible drum and percussion covers on YouTube. Adam is also the drummer of the Copenhagen-based quartet Vola. This episode is uh, it's like classic chocolate croissants. We dive into a lot of the, the common uh, topics that we often get into on this podcast, and that includes being a self-starter, the effects of social anxiety, facing your fears head-on, death, uh, and really uh, so many more. Adam is truly more than one of the best musical minds around. He's introspective, he is ridiculously mature, and he really is wise beyond his mere 24 years. You may need to listen to this episode really uh, a few more times than just once to ensure that you grab all of the nuggets that Adam provides. Uh, Quickly, before I let you go and take your first spin of this episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Rode microphones. Uh, I'm currently using their NT-USB microphone that I can simply hook up to my laptop and uh, open up a program and I'm good to go to do this recording. So check out Rode, R-O-D-E.com. Check out everything they have to offer. Snag an NT-USB and start your own podcast. Go for it. I dare you. And with that, I will leave you to take that aforementioned first spin of episode 54 with my man, Adam Yanzi. recording and i don't see any errors so we are good to go all right <clears throat> so is this episode 54 justin this is uh, i'm pretty sure it is yes this is 54 because 53 was like the one year celebration yes so this Correct. is 54 mm-hmm. um we are we are here with mr adam yadzi oh. a man a man from from sweden adam are you in stockholm nope i'm uh, in uh Westeros. It's like one hour from uh, from Stockholm. Got it. Okay, because we've only met in person in Stockholm when Periphery's been there. I'm pretty sure, right? It's been yeah. a major city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I thought so, but yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, what's it like where you are? What's your What's your town like? It's pretty nice. It's calm, not too not too hectic. Um. It it just stopped snowing here in Sweden like a week ago. Wow. Uh, so spring is finally here, but it has been quite a lot of snow and just nastiness. Is it cold? Like yeah, yeah. It's real intense. Um, I actually was out for like 15 minutes uh, walking uh, once when it was extremely cold. And uh, I lost my uh, like like sense in my little finger for like, Maybe two months or something. No, just what? because of the cold. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I thought that? you were gonna say like you lost your glove. Like, oh, I was out <laughs> in the cold and I lost my glove, and of course, <laughs> tragedy ensued, and here we are. <laughs> when did that happen, Adam? It was in like February or something. Oh wow! So how did that affect drumming? Hmm. I don't know. I-, I didn't think too much about it. I just went ahead and kept drumming. You know. Well, that's good. As long as it wasn't like your fulcrum fingers, then I guess that's yeah. a good thing. I feel like yeah. the pinky's great for ghost notes. 
Is it not? The pinky is great for stability. I mean, it's great for everything. Yeah. It's great for control. A lot of drummers, you know, they'll play with their pinkies out when they first start. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you definitely don't want to have develop into a habit. So um, that's like the sophisticated drummer, no pinky, the pinky's out. Uh, yeah. I mean, so if, if you're a drummer and you're listening to this and, and when you play and you look down at your hands and your pinkies are sticking out, uh, don't do that. Tuck them in, use them because, uh, that muscle along the outside ridge of your hand directly under your pinky on the side is like the second strongest muscle in your hand. And if you neglect to use that, you are really missing out on a lot of good control and strength and, um, not a good idea. And Adam knows that. So guys who are listening, um, I mean, nobody knows this, Adam, because people are just being introduced to you, but I've known Adam now probably for, I don't know, man, what, six, seven years? Yeah, it's something like that. It's been a long time. So we yeah. started working together on when I had band happy, I think, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right, so Adam reached out to me uh, to take online drum lessons, and we did online drum lessons. We did um, drum lessons in person whenever I would tour with Periphery, and I would be over in uh, in Sweden. And then it over time of like after watching Adam play for a while, I realized two things: one, definitely doesn't need to take drum lessons from me anymore, and two, <laughs> um, he's one of my favorite drummers. Like for real, what definitely one of my favorite drummers, and you know, Adam, you have such a unique style to, you know, to, to how you play, and I think how you express yourself on the drums, and um, such a great sense of feel, such a great sense of groove. And when I first started seeing you put out videos, when I first started seeing you really performing, it was uh, it was really just super gratifying for me to see because. You know, I know how hard you work, and then to see you just like come into your own as a player and really just like own it and and be unique um, it was just awesome to see. And now I'm I'm legitimately a fan of your playing <clears throat> and your approach. And I'm hoping that those who are listening to this, if if they're interested in uh, learning about a new drummer or learning about the music that you play that they will do some research to follow you on your socials, to check out anything you put out on Facebook or YouTube and to actually start paying attention to you as a drummer, because um, I think you have a lot to offer just through your, your normal uh, abilities. So that's me um, putting you yeah. over in a wrestling yep. term. There you go. Putting you over. <laughs> I'll play, I'll now. play Jordan's role here. <laughs> there we go. So yeah, speaking of which Jordan's not with us today. Um, but uh, he's been traveling for work. So it's me, Justin, and Adam. And I'm going to stop talking. And I want to just kind of hear a bit about your story, Adam. So um, when did you guys first meet? And by the way, so people know Jordan is taking a, a bit of a rest because he just made it through uh, WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans. Got it. Yeah. So when, when <clears> did <throat> you guys first meet? So yeah, what, yeah. what do we say? It was like six, seven years ago? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we were. I was supposed to take a, a class, um, like in person. Yeah. But that, that's when you injured your shoulder. Mm. Um, oh wow! So that and, was the uh, first time that we were supposed to meet in person. Yeah, and we did the Skype thing instead. But had we already worked together on 
on Band Happy at that point, or was that literally the first time we were supposed to get together? That was the first time. Okay, wow. Yeah. It seems like so much longer, but that was back in 20... Could have been 12? Or 12, no, 2012, yeah, 2012, yes. So it's been, so our math is kind of correct, yeah, it's been six yeah. years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome, um, okay. And after that, I think the next time you were in Stockholm was with like, maybe it was, was with Devin Townsend when you toured with, with him? Yep. And that's like when we met in person for the first time, but yeah, most of it was online. Yeah, yeah, Justin, uh, Adam and I worked together a whole bunch. We we did a lot of uh a lot of stuff. I mean, we talked about playing a lot and you know, we've gone through a lot of different gone over a lot of different topics with drumming, but you know, I know we've talked a lot about the business side that and you've come to me with a lot of questions just about marketing yourself and kind of going for it and <clears throat> what I've always loved about your approach has been you really think outside the box. So that's, I guess that's a good place to start. When you started filming videos of yourself, yeah. one of the things that was really impressive was your multiple camera angles on you playing instruments that are not traditional instruments by any means. So how did you think of that? And like, what are some of the things that you've just kind of discovered to be instruments that you wouldn't actually normally expect? Um, like it, it just first started with like small things like an egg and uh, like a normal shaker. Um, I just started, you know, thinking about how could I incorporate that into metal? Um, and then, you know, I, I just went all in on it and, uh, it escalated. I started playing around with a lot of stacks. So I started adding them as percussion as well. And I started you know, playing with, with toms as percussion. And uh, yeah, it just went on from there. Tried like having a trash can, tried different sort of sticks that I hit against the ground. And uh, once I started doing those videos, those covers, I really wanted to like make the percussion almost as much a part of, of the cover as the drumming itself. Um, so yeah, I like, there wasn't really a, like one serious big thought, thought behind it. I just tried different things, went all in instead of like putting down uh, some sort of idea in my head before I tried it. I always tried everything. Um, so there are a lot of different percussive elements that I tried to incorporate that I just, yeah, it didn't go well. So I didn't incorporate those, but other elements went really well, like the, the boxes with grass and sand and stuff. Uh, so it's like ju just pure discovery, just trying different things out. It wasn't like a specific thought on, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. This is going to be the end goal. I just, yeah, explored basically. I think, it's, you, oh, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. I, th I think that's a really great approach to anything you do in life. You know, yeah, uh, I think it's, sure. it's easy to, uh, not chastise yourself, but it, it's easy to come down on yourself for an idea without even trying it. Right. Uh, yeah. I think it's very important in life that any idea you have with, you know, the normal constraints, you know, of, uh, whatever you're doing, 
of just going for it and seeing what happens because you never know what might be on the other side of trying something. And of course, like you just alluded to, yeah, not everything is going to work out. But I think it is important that if you have an idea that seems, you know, half logical, seems like it could make sense, if you have the ability to go forth and just try it, why not? You might you know, yeah. have a happy accident. And I'm sure that's happened multiple times for you. Uh, I'm yeah. curious for you to go back. When you and Matt started working together, what kind of artist were you as a drummer and a musician at that point? And what uh, were you leveraging uh, YouTube? Were you making videos at that point? Were you playing in bands? Uh, wh- where were you as an artist when you and Matt first met? Yeah, at that time I was I was in a band. Um, was the band that I that I had before uh, Vola that I'm in now mm-hmm. uh, called the Drake Equation. And um, yeah, me and Matt had a lot of sessions about that band, just going about the the business stuff and bouncing song ideas and stuff. Um, and like at that time, I obviously was a like periphery were an R. Uh, but specifically then were a huge inspiration for like the band itself. Um, so like we were really into that, that place. Um, and as a musician, um, as I am today, I was like hungry to learn, hungry to do different things, but I definitely wasn't as confident in my drumming as I am today. And I wasn't as independent. Um, yeah, so I, I yeah, I, I've really matured since then. Um, but I'm sure I'm I'm gonna mature a lot more, of course. I'm still like I'm barely twenty four. Um but like back then, yeah, I had so so much to learn. And I guess the good thing is that I wanted to learn so I could soak it all in, you know. Yeah, I always try to think of that concept of like the martial artist, like no matter how good you are at something, you should always go in with the mentality of being a white belt, which is yeah. like the beginner, like the uber beginner, because you never know uh, just just creating that openness in whatever you do, no matter how good or how seasoned uh, of like a veteran you may be at something, uh, what you may learn by going in with that beginner mentality. I think that's awesome. It's a great way to approach things. Uh, yeah. At what point did you then pivot towards doing these videos uh, and doing these covers of songs that, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting, the climate of the the genti tech metal scene at, at how technical it actually is to play those songs. Uh, and to start with, you know, if, if those are the, the songs you're going to cover, then the learning curve is so high, yet the payoff is so rewarding because, I mean, look, if you can play those songs, you can probably play almost any genre. And I think it's interesting. I always think back at the stuff that I played as a bass player and guitar player growing up. It was way easier. Um, I feel like it, it is such a, a service to yourself as a musician to go after and try to tackle songs that are of such high caliber. And the way that you take it, um, you know, by adding all these percussive elements and trying all these new ideas to make it a bit of your own is so interesting. So can you tell us about when you finally pivoted towards uh, taking on your your own kind of like social media platform, doing the YouTube covers? Uh, what was the idea behind that? And where do you see it going? Yeah, um, this is kind of funny because uh, I've, I've drummed for like 10 years. Um, and when I started, 
I had I borrowed my my um, little sister's camera and I put it up in my bedroom where I had my drum kit. Mm-hmm. So I have like drum covers up on YouTube from when I only played like six months and stuff. Um, and I did those for like maybe a year or two, and then yeah, life happened and I just stopped doing them. Uh, so that's something that that has always been with me since I started drumming. Like the the first thing I played on a real drum kit was a corn song. Uh, so like playing to other songs and learning them, that has been at the core of, of this whole thing. Um, and yeah, like recently when I started doing it again, I think it's maybe two years ago or something. Um, I just, yeah, I wanted to go back to that, that joy that got, got this all started. And um, yeah, that, that's that's basically at the center of it. And with these most recent videos, the percussion element like gave it a new spark of life, you know. Of course, yeah. It, it's I mean, it's it's super impressive. Just for reference, just because I'm curious, what was the corn song that you covered? Um, I remember how it goes. I just don't remember the name. Blind was, was it old of, corn or newer corn? No, it it was newer corn from okay. the right now uh, CD. Got it. Um, one of the and tracks. I don't remember the name though. There you go. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's um, you know, I, I think using a social platform like YouTube is so beneficial. And I think having uh your own refreshing, unique spin on how you present yourself, because I think it's easy to or not easy, but nowadays it seems like so many out there are doing similar so what you're doing with your covers, yet they're setting up all these professional angles and they're going to mix it super professionally. It's going to be uh, very polished. You know, the whole production yeah. is very polished. And I think going the route that you went is very unique and very refreshing. And of course, your playing, which is the most important part, is stellar. So that draws the user in uh, mm-hmm. immediately, which is fantastic. Obviously, I think that's that should be the first part of it. But then I think it is interesting, uh, all the different angles and, and the, uh, the different camera shots that you put layered on top of the main shot. I think, I think it's all great. I would be curious to see you go back to your sister's original camera now and, uh, and do some more with just the camera. Cause I feel like, I feel like if somebody went, this is almost like, I guess like when someone shows an old film on like the millimeter kind of, yeah. uh, setup, you know, versus whatever it is now. I think it's interesting to to kind of do a throwback. This would be like you recording to tape or something. Yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> Maybe that'll be the next project. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <clears throat> so Adam, um, one of the things that, that draws me to enjoy watching any drummer is their natural approach to feel. I, You know, I've told you this before. I don't care about chops. I, I'm not really like... Um, the guy who gets excited by watching people who can play super fast or anything like that. What really gets me is the emotion that goes into the performance. And with you, I think you have that in spades. I mean, it, it really shows. So I guess my question to you is, um, it's a two part question. So one, when did you, when did you like, decide to let go and maybe it would maybe this was something that you've had forever but if it wasn't when did you decide to just let go and just like let all of your emotions out 
through your drumming? And then two, is there or are there certain things in your life that do inspire you to perform with the kind of emotion and intensity that you do? So that's a two-part question, but uh, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, I really like that you like, can, can feel the, the emotion because it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely there and it's, um, it's part of, it's a big part of my, of my drumming and of my like, drive as a drummer. Yeah. Um, I've, I've always had an emotional approach to music. I just haven't been able to show it until um, kind of recently. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it was about like personal maturity. Um, I really needed to kind of find myself and let go, like just by myself, not behind the drum kit, but just on my own. Um, and a few, a few things did happen in my life that just kept going in that direction. And then finally it just, just snapped, you know? And uh, now, now it's like the, the, the big, the big push for me in music, um, the, the motion that I could like show with, with the music that I could create that other people could perhaps feel through music. Um, cause that's, that's something that I've always felt is like central when listening to music. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I could, I could go in depth on, on what, what stuff, what kind of stuff happened. Yeah, um, please. Uh, that was my next question. I mean, I'd love yeah, to, yeah, yeah. if there were major milestones or markers in this journey of yours that really pushed you in that direction. Yeah, the 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 big big first milestone. Um, like I said, I always had like these emotions kind of building up, but I never show them. Um, but when I lived in Stockholm, like maybe three or four years ago or something like that, um, I didn't feel too well overall, like physically and mentally. Um, so I lost like sense in my back. Um, and, um, like I literally, literally couldn't feel my back if I put my hand on my back and, um, I got like extreme social anxiety and stuff, uh, like way, way over the top. Uh, my fridge could be completely empty and I just couldn't go to the store because like people looking at you just like physically hurt. Um, and, uh, apparently I was pretty depressed too. Um, but I didn't kind of notice it, notice it myself. Uh, I do see it now looking back. Um, and yeah, I had to go through a lot of tests because yeah, like the, the, the biggest warning sign was me losing sense of my back. Um, so we, we thought it was like cancer and stuff and all kind of crazy stuff, but apparently it was vitamin D deficiency. Uh, it was like, I almost had none vitamin D uh, wow. and that can mess you up pretty bad. Uh, so like, yeah, the physical stuff was directly correlated to that. The, the mental stuff, um, just like kept going lower and lower, um, in, in connection to that. And, and I was going to say, was the yeah. social anxiety stemming from 
the physical challenges that you were having? And um, not really. I've always had some sort of social anxiety, but it just went to the extreme, basically. Um, and like the the thing with vitamin D deficiency is that it can definitely impact uh, you mentally by like introducing new things, um, but also like kind of enhance the the things that you already have there. So like a, a touch of social anxiety can become extreme and uh, like a touch of not even depression, just if you're feeling a bit down can, can like become, yeah, extreme depression. Um, and I even like started having mild hallucinations for, for a short period of time. Um, so like, yeah, it, it didn't, the, the physical and the mental stuff didn't like connect to each other, but they kind of stemmed from the, from the same problem. The vitamin D deficiency is so interesting. That's, um, yeah. you know, we think here where Matt and I are in like the, the Northeast of the United States, uh, or any, anywhere that deals with a winter, you know, cause we get yeah. four seasons here. Uh, and you deal with this like seasonal affective disorder where you're not getting enough natural sunlight, which creates natural vitamin D3, which is yeah. the like bioavailable form of vitamin D that we use within our bodies. And it's really interesting. I think vitamin D, I mean, if I remember correctly, all the stuff, it's like controls like a, a thousand different metabolic pathways, including um, serotonin, you know, which would lead to happiness. Uh, it could cause depression. Um you know, a vitamin D deficiency, uh, depending on how you're getting that. And that could be from lack of sunlight. If you're not supplementing or getting it from somewhere else, you know, it, it could, you could have bone issues, uh, like bone tissue issues, and it could lead to like, you know, soft bones and skeletal deformities, all these, th all these things. And it, it kind of does sound like this could have been, this deficiency could have been really the, the culprit, uh, or like yeah. a common thread that led to a lot of the issues that you're facing, the problems in your back, uh, some of the the social anxiety you're dealing with, um, where you are, you, you've been in Sweden uh, your whole life, most of your yeah, life, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and is it and it's true, right? If, if I remember correctly, that there there are times you only get four hours, six hours of sunlight a day. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, like dur during the winters, um, when it's like that, um, when you work nine to five, mm -hmm. you're in indoors. If you work indoors, you're indoors when it's when the sun sun is out so you go to work and it's completely dark when you go home it's completely dark um and also uh, another big thing is if like you're not from the north genetically then your body hasn't your genes have, haven't adapted to to that climate so like vitamin d deficiency is like pretty normal overall of course but um Pretty normal uh, in people who have darker skin, mm. uh, and yeah, so that that's another thing that kind of made this wor worse for me since I have um, brown skin, and um, also since I like to kind of sit indoors, so I wasn't too too keen about going out in, into the sun. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it makes total sense, and and of course, what what is nice out there is that you can. Uh, simply get a, you know, you can get a blood test and you can see if you yeah. are deficient in any vitamins, minerals, et cetera. And, uh, and if you are, of course you can supplement nowadays, there's tons of supplements you could easily take however many, uh, like, you know, international units of vitamin D that you would need and, uh, and hope that that would, 
mitigate or eradicate the issues that you were dealing with. But what actually happened to get over all of this? Yeah, I'm, as soon as I started eating vitamin D, it like it took maybe a month or two, and I was kind of feeling like a like a new person. Uh, all the all the um, the physical issues were gone, like completely gone. Um, and the men- mental stuff, like of course you always have that with you, but um, I definitely felt healed in a way. And uh, yeah, now I just keep keep eating vitamin D, being more um, conscious about being out in the sun and keeping track of my n- nutrition. Um, but yeah, that that stuff is always there, the mental stuff, and that's kind of to get back to 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 your point, Matt. It's one of those those things that really allowed me to kind of let go because it was such a like crazy fluctuation in emotion, you know, like from from one month to another, I was like completely changed emotionally. Um, so I don't know. So something about that just pushed me into being able to express myself more. Yeah, you probably felt <clears throat> almost liberated from yeah. it in a way, and you got a chance to really express yourself. And that, I mean, that seems like a huge thing because social anxiety can be crippling to people. Yeah, let alone having physical ailments as well um, or deficiencies as as you described. But um, getting past the mental hurdles can be tough. But it's it's really amazing to know that something is simple as taking a vitamin every day <laughs> yeah. really help with that. And, and I say that, um, you, you know, it is kind of, kind of comical, but, um, you know, I, I even have a, a bit of a vitamin D, uh, deficiency. I found out recently from a blood test. Um, so I've been taking it and my mood is substantially better. So for anyone listening who may, uh, feel a little bit down or depressed or have, you know, don't, you don't get enough sun Maybe you don't feel great all the time. Look into that. Get it, you know. Go to your doctor. Get a blood test, or you know, figure out if you are deficient in vitamin D, because it can definitely change um, change a lot for you. Not just like in your blood levels, but your mood, your vibe, and in your case, Adam, it seems to really help to let your confidence shine through. Um, but I'm curious, and and I still want to hear some of the other milestones. Um, but before we go down, I just want to kind of go down a different road for a minute, you know, when you were facing some of that social anxiety, obviously the vitamin D helped, but were there things that you were actively doing as well to push yourself to get out more, to be a little bit more extroverted? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I obviously had to like kind of face those things because some of them were there before the this whole thing and of course they they were still there afterwards and basically i i didn't like have a plan on how to tackle stuff i didn't i didn't write different scenarios down and think think things through i just took one thing at a time just went at it um so like yeah if i had trouble gre- greeting people in the store i just started doing that if I had trouble speaking to random people at parties, I, I just started doing that no matter how weird it felt. Um, and of course it, 
it took time. There's there's still stuff that I need to like work on. But yeah, like the whole thing about fear overall, um, which kind of ties together to another one of those more recent milestones. It's just about like facing it. I don't know. I, I don't know how to better explain it. Um, so, the, well, yeah. I, I guess. Oh, sorry. Go, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no worries. No worries. Uh, well, I guess my question was, you know, there's a lot of people who, um, I guess, for lack of better terminology, they're not self-starters in yeah. in this sense. Like, they need someone to direct them or tell them, or they need to understand that facing your fears is simply just putting yourself in the situations that cause you to feel fear or anxiety and facing it and like actually being in it. Where did you learn that? Was that something that you read? I I don't know. I kind of I kind of always had that. I, yeah. I didn't like find it in a in a book or something. It's I I think it's part of of this drive as a as a musician. Um, like I knew that these kind of things were obstacles. Um, and yeah like deep down somehow I just had that that feeling that I need to tackle these things if I'm gonna like survive as a musician in this world and that's that's like the thing that I want the most so it, it was just about like pure introspection and just going right after it um but I'm I'm sure that, that there are like good good sources from like um, like psychologists on how to like really tackle specific fears. Um, like regarding phobias, there are obviously like specific instructions you could say on how to tackle phobias, but with like social anxiety. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I don't really have a, a proper answer t- like to anyone wondering how to get started if they're not a self-starter. Okay. I mean, I think, I think you just answered it though, to be honest, it's a matter of figuring out what is causing you the anxiety, what is causing you the fear getting out and practicing. And it seems like for your social anxiety, what you were doing was, you know, you were, you were, you were afraid to go to the store. You had trepidation about getting out there and, you know, ordering a coffee or meeting people, you know, or going to an event or whatever it was. It just seems like you decided one day, well, I have to live. I'm going to do this. And do you still feel any of that fear or anxiety now in those situations? Or do you feel like you've completely conquered it? Uh, I don't feel like I've conquered it uh, because I don't think that's a real possibility, really. Um, I feel like I've taken control of it. Um, but it's, it's always there, but I, I can like stare right into the, whatever problem it is. But what, like when, when I haven't slept, I haven't eaten when I'm feeling down, like, let's say I have a, I have a really, really bad day, no sleep, no food for some reason. And like, yeah, it's a, it's a shitty day. Then it can be quite hard to tackle those, those things. Um, so it's like something that that's always going on. But the more I 
tackle different sort, sorts of fears, the more it translate in, translates into each situation. Uh, so I'm, I'm like kind of stacking up on, on, you could say, like fear resistance, I don't know, um, in different scenarios that, that aren't, aren't related to each other. But like just having that experience of going into fearful situations and taking control of it, it translates to, to every sort of, yeah, scenario. Uh, so, so that's, if, if I'm going to give like concrete um, advice to someone struggling with this, just pick one fear and just try to take control of it. Uh, don't try to make it disappear. Try to like live with it, look at it, feel it, and really get to know it. Uh, whether it's fear of uh, fear of the dark or yeah, fear of social situations, or uh, one of my fears, which is fear of spiders. Uh, <laughs> it can be like more everyday stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just just walk walk straight into it. Like if, if you're afraid of the dark, just walk straight into the dark. Um, just really try to take control over that domain. You know? I think that really is sage advice for, for anyone dealing with uh, fear of anything. Um, not trying to run away with it, actually trying to face it, maybe identify what is going on what are you actually afraid of. And hey, look, specifically, if you're like arachnophobic and you're afraid of spiders, it, it might be finding like a really cute spider or someone who handles spiders to introduce you. And really, yeah. then it's just pushing yourself. It's kind of like, uh, I'm sure it's, it could be a very similar feeling for a lot of people to, to facing maybe skydiving or uh, jumping off a cliff into some water, you know, who has a fear of heights, something of that nature, where really you just, you, you identify uh, the actual fear and instead of trying to ignore it, because it can always then rear its ugly head uh, at, at any point in life and become a situation that then you're not prepared for, is really just identify the fear and then confront it. And coming up with a game plan, I think you 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 nicely came up with, with a game plan. You knew what you were kind of going to do. Uh, and you didn't run away from it. I think that's the, the, the most important advice people can hear. In, in any fear, and this is really across the board with anything that you're dealing with that you may have a fear of. I'm, I'm curious now that what was your, you do a lot of stuff where you're engaged through social platforms where you may not have to go out uh, and face the, the social anxiety fear. Did, yeah. you, did you recognize this fear and confront it by pushing yourself out of maybe your comfort zone of staying in? Uh, were you... Uh, playing the introverted card and, and just staying indoors more often, not going out. Uh, what did it actually take for you to step outside the comfort zone? And even now, as you pivot it towards now playing in a band and playing shows, you're, you're touring a bit and you're playing festivals, what have you learned from those experiences to help you, if you haven't fully gotten over it, what have you learned to help you deal with it as you know that you have to deal with it. Yeah, um, that, that's a very big like chunk of of um, very big part of, of my life to to kind of cover uh, because this whole year since I joined uh, Vola um, has been so I don't know it, it has been s such a big step towards 
social freedom. Maybe I could call it that. Yeah. Um, I have really, really, really tried to, no matter what, like I make, I, I've made a pact with myself that no matter what happens, I'm going to keep going down this, this path that I've chosen and just not look back. Um, so like the, the big thing that has been, um, done lately for me was not to go into like, um, my own shell and just think things through. Um, I have, like you said, try to put myself out there more and more. Um, like once again, confronted the, the fear or it doesn't even have to be fear. It can be that small voice just telling you that that's not good enough or that's, that's not inspiring for people or it doesn't sound as good as it could. Um, even though another part of you is satisfied. Um, I've just made that pact with myself that I'm going to go through with it no matter what. Um, so with these covers and this Vola, um, this whole year with, with Vola, um, the whole thing has kind of, the, the whole thing has happened thanks to that like packed strategy. Um, I've had numerous times when I finished a cover, it's, I, I've finished mixing it, filming it, it's all done. And, uh, I'm just not like, there's that voice just telling you that that's, that's not good enough. Um, look at those mistakes, listen to that. It doesn't sound that good. And many times I, that, that kind of wins me over and I, think like if I had the choice, I wouldn't put this up, but that pact that I've made with myself doesn't allow me to back out. Um, so like that kind of pact strategy has kept me going. Uh, and with this Vola thing as well, um, it has been a huge, huge social boost. Um, uh, since I had to, like before I even started playing with, with the, with the band, I had to fly out to a different country and meet with them, hang out with them. So like for an introvert to do that, like these are people that I, I hadn't met at all before. And now I'm going to stay at their place. I'm going to hang out with them for like a day straight. And yeah, at the same time, like we're, we're seeing if we're, uh, if, if we fit each, each other socially to like, if it works to cooperate. Um, so like that was immense social pressure that I would have backed out of if I didn't have that pact telling me and telling that voice that no matter what, I'm going to go through with it, get it done. And if it doesn't feel good afterwards, then I've done it. I can make a choice afterwards, but most of the time it feels good when you've, when you've done it, it's like going into a pool. You're freezing when you're dipping your foot in and when you're starting to go in. But once you're in, it's all good. And like, you don't mind staying a bit longer. So it's, that, that has been the big thing for me. Um, I think it wouldn't have ended well if I would have like went into my own shell and kept being introverted, you know? That's such a good way to describe it, Adam, like the, the pool analogy. 
um, you're right. You know, it's like when you dive in fully, it, it's it's like cold on your body for one second, but then it's like refreshing and you feel good yeah. and you can yeah. sit with it. Um, so uh, again, I, I, I still want to hear more about the um, the milestones and, and challenges that pushed you to the place yeah. you are now. But real quick, just to provide some context, how did you how, how did the Vola gig even come about? Like uh, like what what things happened that landed you in that opportunity to audition and then subsequently get the gig? Yeah. Um, so basically, they um, had like a stand-in drummer for a while, and um, then they wanted to find a, a a permanent member. And they had a few festival shows, and they started looking for different drummers. Uh, the band is from Denmark, so Sweden is like a neighboring country. So that's why they started looking in Sweden and Norway and stuff. And uh, they put out a, a Facebook post in a Swedish drum group asking for, um, like, yeah, asking for for interest, basically, if, so if someone would want to try out. And um, I saw that post. I think it had, like, one, one like, so it almost went by unnoticed. Um, and I, um, yeah, learned a song, sent in the, sent in the, the cover of the song. Uh, so, just to tie it to my to my covers, um, this is one of those scenarios where I prepared for something, but I didn't know what I prepared for by doing these covers. So I mixed them myself. I I um, recorded myself, um, and all of these covers were like a like a learning period, and they they still are. Uh, so when that moment came, when I saw that post. I was already prepared to learn the song, record it, mix it, and send it in. And that's basically what I did. And they liked it, so they wanted to yeah, meet me and try out those summer shows. And uh, after the first show, uh, it was a festival in, in Germany, they, yeah, everything felt, felt good. Uh, I thought everything felt awesome with the band. And uh, they asked me to join, basically. <clears throat> that's great that's cool and i mean good for you for putting yourself out there and putting in the time to prepare it seems like you saw a window of opportunity you went for it and it's now worked out and what i was going to ask you was kind of like what is what's your mindset now in the present and going forward but you kind of already answered that question um when you described the pact that you made with yourself and that you're going to see this journey through you're going to continue to play with the band yeah. And see where it takes you, and just continue on the path that so far is leading you down the right road. Um, so that's awesome. But tell me, tell me more about some of the things that that kind of puts you in the position that you're in now. Yeah. Um, so one of the the big, big, big things that happened last year um, was that my dad died a year ago, um, and that was like a big, like. That was a big slap in the face by reality. Uh, and um, that, like, uh, since then, I, th I think I've changed the most as a person than any other period of time in my life. Um, I think the rest of my family could, could say the same. Um, it was just such a big change, not, not just 
my dad not being here anymore, but also the the experience of seeing what um, what death looks like, basically. Um, so he died in cancer, and we got to see the whole process. And I'm I'm also like very. I also look a lot of, at details, so I got to see how the rest of my family reacted, and specifically my mom, how she took the whole thing, uh, and she, of course, she, of course she grieved, but she, I think she was the strongest person in the family. Um, she didn't enter any destructive behavior, like she, she took care of herself she gave herself time to heal and then she moved on with life she took on the lessons from that whole thing she in, like knew that she had had good years with my dad and took those memories to heart and just went went on with life basically and seeing that i knew like i i couldn't you know back down and Kind of, yeah. I, I couldn't kill myself over it. Um, I had to obviously let let the the whole thing heal, but um, I couldn't let that thing stop me from doing what I want to do. And that was like a month before this whole Vola thing. Uh, so like, it was really crucial for me to push through that whole ordeal. Um. And also learn the lessons from that whole thing. Uh, look at the look at the life he lived. Look at the things he did and think the things that he wanted to do but couldn't do. So there was like some some bitterness with with it because there was a few there were a few regrets, a few things that he didn't have the time to do. And I think the only right thing to do is take that as a lesson to. Uh, Remember the good stuff, but also look at the the bitter reality as it is, and yeah, take take the lessons to heart. Man, Adam, I'm I'm so sorry uh, that that's something you're you're sharing on here. You know, I, and of of course we we wish that wasn't the case, um, but it, it does sound like uh, you were able to take such a a trying emotional ridiculously hard, probably maybe one of the hardest things you'll ever have to deal with in your life. Uh, and you were able to find the light in it, which is so impressive and is so mature. And I know we've, we've talked about death on this podcast before. And as Jordan would say, you know, it's the, it's the greatest motivator. And it sounds like you, you found the motivation through maybe some, you know, your, your dad saying that there were things that he, he didn't get to do. And you were able to take that as fuel for your fire moving forward to ensure that you try to do everything you want to do with your life. Um, and I, I think we can, we can all draw inspiration from that. Are there things, uh, accomplishments, moments in your life that, I mean, you're young, you're 24, of course, but are there, there are, are there things on the bucket list that you say, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to wait on this, especially like I'm sure when the, the Vola opportunity came up, you said, well, yeah, there's no way in hell I'm going to sit back and wait on this. I'm going to take full advantage of it. What are the other accomplishments and, and goals that you're hoping to uh, to obtain or get through uh, in life? Uh, there are quite a few, actually. Um, this whole 
thing with with drumming and music is the major one, of course, and that's that's um, that is that is, that is my focus. Um, the vola the vola thing is the like the main uh, road right now. Um, that's like the the what I'm putting most of my energy into. Um, just learning and getting better is that that will always be like the thing on my bucket list that I, w- that I will never cross off because that's like the the carrot that I'm always going to chase. Uh, so you could say that that's on my bucket list, but I'm never going to cross it off. I love um, it. That's a great one. <laughs> that's fantastic. And um, yeah, there are all, a few other musical things that I'm kind of pursuing now. Um, I'm not really ready to share those, but I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to do that in, in the future. But yeah, um, besides the music, I really, really, really love video games my whole life. And one of those major things that I've found out that's kind of on my bucket list is getting into the, the video game industry, uh, or at least learning how to, like what's behind making a game. I'm going to like try to learn as much as possible, see if perhaps that leads anywhere. If not, I've tried it. And that's the thing that's on my bucket list to try it out. Um, and for those are like specifically interested in that um the internet is just brilliant when it comes to learning stuff yourself there's um unreal engine it's a it's a video game engine that's free completely free there's tutorials out it's like no no matter if if you want to learn this stuff if you want to learn music or whatever there's always tutorials up on youtube uh either the the company itself putting out tutorials for free or other users sharing their knowledge. Um, so yeah, that, that's also something that I'm currently working on. I'm sure Matt can, I'm sure Matt can attest to this as well, but I can think of a few people that are, that are in the, the video game world, the video game industry, uh, at different capacities. I'm sure we can think of some people and build some bridges for you. You know, even if you just want to pick their brain and ask them a couple questions about it. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, of Thanks. course. Yeah, I can definitely think of some people. Um, would it be cool, or like, would it would it satisfy that scratch you want to itch with the video games if uh, if Vola ended up just with a song in a game that you loved? Hell yeah, that would be crazy. Would that be enough? So that I don't think that would be enough. I think that's that's one of the the issues that I have with with a bucket list is that it it means that you reach a goal. And then you're done with it, right? Um, and I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm more prone to having goals that aren't impossible to reach, but that that always like change and always go forward as you go forward. So you don't reach them and like, do, like put it on the shelf and go to the next thing. Um, like the same, the same thing with with music or with drumming specifically or even like like you mentioned with with martial arts there's always something new to learn something new to do like we don't we don't have so much time so that we can like completely 100% master something um so i that that definitely would, wouldn't be enough it wouldn't be but i don't think anything would be and that's part of the joy with it i uh I think it's really interesting. There's um there's this amazing uh 
mover, Ido Portal. He's like the, the founder of the, the, like the, the movement camps and, uh, he's like a, I mean, they're just amazing movers. They study all these different modalities of, you know, capoeira, like, uh, which is like a Brazilian style of like dance fighting. If you ever play Tekken, you see what Eddie does, yeah. right? Yeah. Eddie kind of <laughs> does that dance fighting. Yeah. That, that's capoeira. Uh, they study gymnastics and yoga and all these different things. And people say, you know, oh, you've done something for 10 years. You become an expert. You're a master of this. You're a master mover. And he's like, what? Like, what's a master mover? <laughs> like, no, man, like this is a pursuit that I'll just do forever. I'll just keep yeah. adapting and changing. My goals will keep adapting and changing. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's super cool. Cause when you find something that you're ultra passionate about, you don't really want the journey ever to end. And of course, something like yeah. playing an instrument, uh, perfecting video games, uh, curating and making videos is definitely something that I don't think you can ever necessarily master, especially if you have such a love for it. Of course, the passion may fade a bit at times and it might be something that you pivot away from and, and being passionate people, we oftentimes will find something else to, to fulfill that time, which is super cool. And, uh, and then when, when we're itching for it, we, we can easily come back to it, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Matt. Yeah. So, well, two things, um, were there other, or was there another sort of big milestone? Cause those, I mean, those two things or multiple things seem pretty impactful and, you know, just as an aside, um, um, Again, I've expressed this to you before, but my condolences for the loss of your dad. You and I obviously have talked about that before briefly, not not too in depth, but I remember when it happened, and um, you know, I'm definitely uh, definitely sorry for that. But it seems like, as Justin said, and as you said, you really took that happening and <clears throat> learned from it, and studied what the people around you that you care about have you know, how they, how they approached it, how they handled it. Um, your mother in particular sounds like she was extremely strong and that obviously was a great lesson for you to apply to your current situation and to the future when you face hard things. But are there other big, um, big things that have occurred in the past year or however long that have kind of put you to where you are now? I mean, the, the, one of the things that kind of was a big lesson for me, um, was like six months after my dad's funeral. Um, me and my girlfriend decided to break up, and like a week later, the family dog died. Mm. It was it was a lot of, a lot of stuff at the same time. Right. But right. Like immediately, the the whole Volo thing was happening at the same time. Um, and I had some other music stuff to work with as well. So I really, really had to deal with with those personal things like on my own time and just take care of them before they grew to something nasty. Right. You were so what a a good scenario in some ways for those things to happen because the Volo thing really forced you to focus on that at least during so many hours of the days to where, and you, you got to express yourself. You got to be creative it was a new path that you were forging. It was an, just everything that, that is involved with joining a new band, going out on tour, creating music, recording, all of that stuff is extremely engaging. Um, 
so it's a good thing. And then also, yeah, it can, as you said, it, it's something that you, that either forces you to deal with the shit you have to deal with in the, in the free time when you're by yourself, okay. um, or you don't ever deal with it. And, you know, I've struggled with those things too. I, you know, I've, I've lost, uh, I, you know, I lost my dog when I was on tour and being on tour during that experience was good and bad. It was good because it kept me busy and kept me focused on what was in front of me, but it was bad because it didn't truly give me the right, uh, the right situation or scenario or time to grieve and really focus. And that had to happen when I finally got home and was alone and could do that. But I can see how that situation kind of makes you either step up or not. And it seems like you definitely stepped up to the plate, dealt with what you needed to are still dealing with it, I would imagine, but tackled things head first because the opportunity that was presented to you was more important than anything else. You know, it seems like, yeah, that, that's that's completely right. Um, and like the the big thing with this whole year, basically, um, that you, I, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. Like we can't throw a pity party for ourselves. Like pe- people are dealing with shit all the time. Um, we we can't just yeah, like be sad over ourselves and then blame other things when we don't take the opportunities that, that come along. Um, like we, of course we need to heal. We need to take some time for ourselves, but we also got to move on with our lives basically. Man, I, I love the, uh, the pity party remark. Cause I've been hearing that from my mom the last couple of days. I was, I was in the hunt for these, uh, these internships, these dietetic internships that you have to do to become a dietitian. And, um, this is so classic Randy Goodman, uh, look in hindsight, I would have done, uh, numerous things differently, of course, but I mean, what can you do? You just got to keep moving forward and et cetera, et cetera. And, and as my mom has said multiple times, and this is like one of the things I'll, I'll just always remember, she's like, man, you have to just have your pity party and then freaking move on. You know, it's like, you're allowed to feel those emotions, of course. And fuck. Yeah feel those emotions. I think that is so important. I know this is a definitely a, a commonality of, of a topic we talk about. I mean, we exhaust this topic and of course, because it's so important, but especially as, as guys, like there, there's, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to just express our emotions and deal with them and emote uh, whatever comes out. Just let that shit out. There's no reason to harbor those emotions using you just, you know, and, and give yourself some time to grieve and deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with. And then when you're ready, you know, take the nice deep breath and just keep moving forward because there is nothing else you can do. And I really want to commend you because I do remember uh, at the point when, when you did decide to, to part ways with uh, your girlfriend at the time, I think you made a Facebook post, if I remember correctly. And you and I, we weren't really friends, but we were Facebook friends. You know, you were, we were, we were acquaintances through the, the Facebook group that people can join and see how lovely you are in there at facebook.com slash group slash chocolate croissants. Um, but I remember being Facebook friends with you and you posting that like, Hey, life happens and people grow and they sometimes end up growing in different directions. And that's cool. There are, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that was, that was one of the most refreshing, uh, mature, responses and 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 uh posts i've seen on facebook maybe ever and that was amazing and so hey (laughs) like all the props to you for being uh so respectful and cordial 
in, uh, in, in what for most is so tough. And a lot of people end up just staying in the relationship. Yeah. Which yeah. is wild. So, I mean, Hey, yeah. Great on you. Um, I think that is awesome. Matthew, Thanks, <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, I, I remember seeing that too. And I don't know, Adam, you just continue to impress me with, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, your drumming ability is something that I very much so enjoy. Uh, I love watching you play, but, um, hearing how you've matured, hearing your outlook and getting to know the person you are now versus the person you were six years ago is just, just such a treat. So, um, I have I a lot of, it. yeah, a lot of, lot of, uh, respect for that. Um, we did get some, some Facebook questions, but you actually covered them, um, yeah. already pretty much. So, uh, I don't necessarily want to, want to make you reiterate that stuff, but you know, if, if there are listeners out there, we do take questions for the group. Um, you know, for the different uh, guests we have. And thank you guys who did submit. Um, Adam, so we're going to wrap this up. Just two quick things. One, what's next for you? Like what's the immediate thing that you're working on right now? And then two, where can people find you so they can learn more about you, see your videos and get in touch with you? And tell people about Vola and any dates that we can uh, come see you and please come see us in Baltimore. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we, we don't have yet have any U.S. dates yet, but we really, really want to go to the U.S. soon. So hopefully sooner than later. Um, yeah, so so right now we're working on album number two. Um, we'll release it early fall this year, and we got a few shows this summer: uh, UK Tech Fest uh, in in July. Then in in August we got Bloodstock Festival and. Uh, the Neuroblast Festival in October. Um, so we got a, a few shows planned as well, um, maybe a tour. Um, but yeah, there will, there will be more info on that later. And that will, that will be after the, the album release, of course. Um, where can people find you? Or where can they find Vola? Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm on, on YouTube, on, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, I just go by my full name, Adam Yancey, um, on all platforms, basically. And Vola, yeah, we're, we're active on, on, on all those platforms as well. It's V-O-L-A, uh, simple as that, on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And if anyone ha- has any questions for the band or for me, like, feel free to just contact us wherever. Um, we'll reply as quickly as possible that's awesome good for you man it's been great to talk to you i hope i do get to see you soon i hope that we get a chance to to spend more time together the next time that i'm in town um me too typically typically it's typically it's limited and as Justin said i do hope that (laughs) vola gets a chance to come over to the states um i dig what you guys are doing so I, i know a lot of people would here but yeah man well Thank you very much. Um, as a listener to the podcast, I hope you enjoyed being a guest on the podcast. And I know for certain that the other listeners who are paying attention to this episode definitely took something away from it because um, I think you had a lot of great things to share. So thank you for that. Um, thank you, guys. Yeah, man. So just to wrap up, as we normally do, guys uh, listening, if you'd like to get more involved with the podcast and join the conversation, you can do so now by joining the Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash groups 
slash chocolate croissants. Go ahead there, request to join, and we will add you immediately. And you can jump right into any one of the conversation threads um, or introduce yourself. We'd love to know who you are, why you're here, where you're from, so on and so forth. Uh, we also do a lot of interaction with the guests there and just you know as many uh, daily updates as we can um, from either ourselves or people in the group. So there's a lot of, a lot of good engagement. Um, also want to give a quick shout out to, uh, our, our permanent sponsor, Rode Microphones. Thank you very much to Rode for always, uh, supplying us with the microphones that we get to speak into so that you guys can hear what we have to say and hear what our guests have to say. Um, as always, we appreciate your time. If you have not yet, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by opening up your favorite podcast app. Uh, you can type in the search box, chocolate croissants, hit the subscribe button, and then you will get notifications on when our new episodes go live. And if you uh, have Wi-Fi, it'll download automatically to your phone so you can listen when you're on the go as well. If you feel so inclined beyond that to leave a rating or to leave a review, we would love to hear about it. So um, hop on iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review, and we will uh, we'll be very thankful and we will absolutely read it and take any advice, critiques, or praise that you have for us seriously. And when this episode so that, goes out next week, you'll be able to find it on YouTube as well. And Adam, since yes. you are so proficient on the platform of YouTube, you can teach us what we're doing wrong. We would appreciate yep. <laughs> all of your comments, uh, hatred, support, comment, whatever, criticisms, all of it. Please send it my way. And yes, thank you, Justin. Uh, everybody who doesn't, obviously you guys don't know, but Justin has spent a lot of time over the past uh, couple weeks and Joe Hamilton as well. Um uploading these videos to YouTube, getting these episodes up there. So um, you can now find us on YouTube as well. Just search chocolate croissants. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you for listening to episode 54. And on behalf of myself, Justin and Jordan, I'm going to take Jordan's line here <laughs> by saying, let Adam do it. Oh yeah. Adam, you do it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>